I'm not very observant sometimes, and sometimes I'm so hyper-observant where I'm like, how did you not see this thing that was blatantly obvious and everybody's like, no, like, nobody saw it, saw it. Do you ha- yeah. ever have that where you're just like, like, big things you've t- completely missed, but then like, there you have like this hyper-focus moment where yes. you're like... but I think for me, that's a little bit of a skill thing or training thing. So once you become a welder... You notice welds on everything all the time. Mm, yeah, that's maybe what it is. Right, but I think there's this theory, right, that your brain is paying attention to almost everything all the time, but you kind of your prefrontal cortex is kind of what's curating that. Mm-hmm. And once you've curated to like look at welds, for instance, and judge them, you can't help but bring them to mind. And this is very much the same experience you have when you buy a new car. And you see your car everywhere. All of a sudden, everybody's yeah, driving the same car, car you, you are. Yeah. And they're not. Yeah. It's just that now your brain is, this is like, this is relevant information. Interesting. Because I have it where I, I notice uh, interior details. So like going to a restaurant, I'll notice like, oh, they have this kind of thing and that kind of thing. And they put yes. that there. And I notice clothing things. Yeah. Uh, so like, oh, that clothing was constructed in this way. And so like, I'll, I'll be like, and especially like with TV shows, I'm like, oh, I loved this thing, how they added this and, you know, and there was this on the mantelpiece and it was so historically accurate. And then it added to the story and it so it brought meaning to my life. And people are like, what? <laughs> yeah. And it was like, it was there for three seconds. How did you not see it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, and like, um, uh. I'm watching uh, Pull Dark with Mom, which okay. is so much fun. It's so fun. She's oh, having, she's so... She must be so frustrated she's, Oh, sometimes. she's having all the right reactions. Okay. And I'm just, like, almost, like, giggling in the corner because <laughs> I'm, like... She's like, no, no! And then she's like, wait, what's going to happen? I'm like, I can't tell you. She's like, this is going to happen, right? And I'm like, you're right, but I'm not going to tell you. She's actually very good at guessing okay. for the most part. Like, yeah. she knows she knows a lot of, like, oh, you're the traitor, and oh, you're the bad guy, and oh, well, she's actually very good at, at picking it all up. Yeah. So it's been really fun. But, like, their clothing to me just, like, oh. Yeah, you were telling me how you were frustrated that in the later seasons they were historically accurate and you didn't like that clothing as yeah, much. Yeah, I don't like the Regency period as, off, as much, but they're still beautiful. Like, they're still super well-constructed. Yes. And I love how they tell the story of the characters. Like, George Warleggan always has the most up-to-date clothing, whereas Ross and Demelza are always the most behind. Elizabeth is kind of in between. Yeah. And then Caroline is always cutting edge. Right. So you can kind of see, like, oh, the, the waistlines are coming up. They're more square and broad. You can see that all in Caroline. Um, whereas Demelza, for a long time, looks the same. Yeah. And it's really until he's an MP that she changes her yeah. fashion because she has to look a certain way. Yes. And even then she's she's getting uh, cast-offs from Caroline. So even yes. those are slightly behind because yeah. Caroline's on to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, so like, and it's just like all the, the 18th century furniture, like the round tables with the triangle base. Yeah. Oh, makes my heart sing. All the lanterns. Oh, so good. So, so good. Uh, I've also learned about myself this week. That I describe things to people in the way that they are made. If I know how something is made, I describe how it's made and not how it actually looks first. Because to you, that's describing what it looks yes. like. Because that's what I see when it, like, to me, I'm like, if I yes. tell you how it's made, you should know what it looks like. Okay. So I'm like, that's the information you know. And they're like, color, size. And I'm like, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Shape. Shape. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't know. You see, they have a Morse intended and octagonal. <laughs> so I don't know. It's just really, it's funny to me, like learning little things, like paying, paying attention to what you pay attention to and pay attention to like when people are like, wait, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I that's, that's. I think so that's the great thing about knowing other people. <laughs> people, people who know people are yeah. the luckiest people. People, people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. 
Well, it, it sounds very <laughs> dumb to say this, but for lack of a better word. Yeah. But the great thing about living in this world is that you are rubbed up against people who mm-hmm. are different and mm-hmm. see different things. Yes. And you could get mad at them sometimes and sometimes you do because mm-hmm. you're like, no, your your version of the world is incorrect. Yeah, and like our but, knee-jerk reaction is to say, oh, you're stupid. Yeah. Instead of saying like, oh, I don't see the world in exactly the same way you yeah. do. But it's, for instance, sometimes the color blue and green are very hard for me to differentiate. Even worse for dad, but they're very hard to differentiate. That's a male thing. So, you, so blue and green, how about gray? Is gray. It, it, oh, gray is so hard. Yeah. That we were painting a house one time, and I couldn't tell if it was gray or purple. Yeah. That's a that's a very typically male thing, but then, like, you probably run across very indignant women who are like, it is this, how dare you say it is not, not that color. Yeah. Is that kind of what you, you end up with? What What are you wearing now? Blue and, and, and gray. Okay. Oh, I had shorts that I thought were... You do have shorts that you thought were brown. Yeah. And they're gray and you wore something with it one time. Mm-hmm. And I think you were going out on a date with Michelle. Yeah, I was. And you came upstairs and I said, no, go back downstairs and put your brown shorts on. Because I was not going to let you go out looking like that. Yeah. Because like the shirt, I said, you either need to change your shirt or your shorts. And you said, well, what shorts would go with this? And I said, your brown ones. And you're like, these are my brown ones. You were actually very indignant about I it. I was indignant about it. <laughs> and then I ran downstairs, and I, I mean, I should have said khaki, but, like, to me, khaki is brown, and you only had one pair of brown shorts. No, I had two. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, no, these ones, and then you, you wore it, and you looked fabulous, darling. Yes. Uh, so, no, that, but that's really interesting that, that even, like, even those sensory things, like what we see, what we hear, what we mm-hmm. taste, what we even touch are all different depending on the person. Yep. You know, we can have exactly the same meal. It's not the same. We can hear exactly the yeah. same thing. It's not the same because you, you have ruined your hearing probably. Huh? <laughs> I wonder actually if you, you have the same amount of hearing as I do. Cause I sometimes get hyper hearing. Oh, I do definitely do not get hyper hearing. Do you ever have it where, uh, like certain background, background, like ticks, like, I don't know, like, um, like a refrigerator running or like some sort of background noise, like clocks ticking where that's as loud as what's going on in the conversation. So it's Mm. almost like you're trying to, you know, like if you're drowning out one conversation, trying to focus on another Mm -hmm. it's like that, but with inanimate objects. Yeah. I've had that more in the past. Interesting. Okay. I'm not super deaf, but I definitely don't hear super high registers like the little squeaks mm. as well as i used to okay which is apparently something you can't avoid even well i mean every day that you you live you're you're damaged and degraded and yeah brought lower yeah. closer to the earth i uh, did a fairly good job um when i was welding to have earplugs in oh, that that's really good. Help, help reduce those higher frequency um, mm-hmm. loud noises. Yeah. So what does damage to your ears is partly the decibels, but it's also the frequency at those decibels are vibrating at. Mm-hmm. So if they're really loud and they're really high, those are the finest hairs that are inside your ear canal mm. um, that basically get tickled. So it's the weirdest thing, right? Because you have the eardrum, yeah, which is catching all the airwaves and like basically codifying them into pressure waves more distinct pressure waves and then it goes down the ear canal and it tickles little ears little hairs inside your ears it's so bizarre like how ears work and like i was trying to think about like um how ear infections work Mm -hmm. like what is it like or don't work or don't (laughs) work what is it like is is bacteria that like sits on your sits on your eardrum like what I'm not 100% sure about that, but I I do know they're unpleasant. Yeah, they are really unpleasant. Mm -hmm. It has something to do with improperness on the part of your body. It's just not... (laughs) not You did not do your job. Yeah, exactly. Well, isn't that any illness? 
Is your, is your body not doing its job? Yeah. That's the weird thing is we're designed to combat your immune system. The forces of evil. Yeah, your immune system is designed <laughs> to keep you healthy. And it's oh, only the magic it... school bus about immunity. Like, that's yeah. one episode that I remember. The white blood cells going around and killing so things. So good. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny because if you think about it, you are your immune system. Your immune system is your whole body working properly yeah. to to keep you, you, mm-hmm. instead of a virus working and so on. I failed. You're fired. Hello and welcome to the Ducks Never Waver Lunch Break, where you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to sally forth. Join the dynamic duo, Edwin and Megan, as they explore topics of gravitas and pomp brought to the brink of absurdity and thrown off, down, down, down the precipice of ridiculousness. That was a way of putting it. Not very satisfactory. A paraphrastic study in a worn-out poetical fashion leaving one still with the intolerable wrestle with words and meaning. The poetry does not matter. It was not to start again. What one had expected, what was to be the value of the long look forward to, long hoped for calm, the autumnal serenity, and the wisdom of age. Had they deceived us? Or deceived themselves? The quiet-voiced elders, bequeathing us merely a receipt for deceit? The serenity only a deliberate hebditude, the wisdom only the knowledge of dead secrets, useless in the darkness into which they peered, or from which they turned their eyes, there is, it seemed to us, at best only a limited value in the knowledge derived from experience. The knowledge imposes a pattern and falsifies, for the pattern is new in every moment, and every moment is new and shocking. Valuation of all we have seen have been, we are only undeceived. Of that which deceiving could no longer harm, in the middle, not only in the middle of the way, but all the way, in a dark wood, in a bramble, on the edge of the grimpit, there is no secure foothold, and a menace by monsters' fancy lights. Risking enchantment, do not let me hear of wisdom of old men but rather of their folly, their fear of fear and frenzy, their fear of possession, of belonging to another, or to others, or to God. The only wisdom we can hope to acquire is the wisdom of humility. Humility is endless. So this is part of a longer poem. Okay, what's the poem called? East Corker. By? T.S. Eliot. And today we are talking about brewing our own kombucha. How would you like to tie that into kombucha brewing? Well, I, what I wanted, it, it's, it just brings, Elliot is really good about talking about time. And here he, he brings forward the idea that Every moment is new and shocking, you know, and you only get that by, by seeing. He's talking about how do you get wisdom, really? Is it is it just an old age? And that he doesn't seem to be overly satisfied by that because the, the knowledge of, of old men seems to impose a pattern and falsify the patterns because every pattern is is new and then by looking at that i think it's a way of looking at life because his conclusion is that wisdom is humility and humility is endless and i think that's the way to go forward into the world is with humility and what is humility that is the ability to not take yourself so seriously and not think that you know everything 
and this is something that comes up all the time uh, about humility. Socrates says, mm-hmm. I am the wisest of men because I know nothing. Because I know I know nothing. Yeah, I was thinking that. Which is is interesting because I, I think there's... There's biblical stories that are older than Socrates that have the same thing. The Job, right? Well, who, mm-hmm. who are you? To what? What do you know? Like when you when you have you talked to the Leviathan and so on. Right. So I think the fact that wisdom and humility are connected, and that is the way you're supposed to act properly in the world is with humility. And you're saying that. If you walk in the world with humility, that's how you get wisdom. Yeah. Garner wisdom. You garner wisdom. And humility is the ability, gives you the ability to try new things. I think that's that's part of this here is that every, mm-hmm. every moment is new and shocking. So our new shocking moment of exploration that we could take on bravely with humility was brewing our own kombucha. That's very cool how you tied that in, Edwin. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Quite clever. Well, it's interesting because it it was a venture where there was a lot of waiting involved. And something that I know n- nothing about. I still feel like I know very little about, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I knew less uh, a, f- a couple months ago. Yeah. And so you feel like you're, you're stumbling blind at one point but then and then yeah you you keep walking through it and then you get to learn how to make something new right and you have all the lessons that you learned also along the way Mm -hmm. of of doing that and i i think kombucha actually has been quite a nice thing to do because there's a lot of inactivity yeah and so you're that it's that patient waiting and you know that something is happening. You know that there's activity. I was thinking... It's a little bit like growing a garden. It is a little bit like a garden. Because it, it's... Yeah, it's there. I was thinking of um, Lamentations, where it's about waiting patiently for the Lord. And, like, patience mm-hmm. there is an activity. Like, it's... And waiting is an activity. And a lot of mm-hmm. times, like, we think waiting is a stopping, like, a... You like, know, inactivity. A, inactivity. What, what are you waiting around for? Yeah, but a lot of times... There's something happening in the waiting. Right. And I'm I think, actively waiting for this. Yes. And I and I think kombucha kind of teaches you that you can just do that pensively in your own life, that you can just, you know, sit and stare at something for a while yeah. with seemingly nothing happening. There's actually a lot happening, but in, in the kombucha itself, it's it's fermenting, like it's changing. Like it's it's going from sweet tea that you could pour over ice and, and enjoy mm-hmm. on a hot summer day in the South. And it's, it's transforming it into a complex drink that is a little bit sweet, but it's tangy and it's earthy and it has a twinge of bitterness in the back. And it has all these flavor combination possibilities as well. It can go super fruity or it can go very herbal and medicinal or, you know, like wherever you want to go with it. So it, it's just kind of like... Sitting in a pot are endless possibilities. Yeah. That idea of waiting actively is something North American people do not do very well. No, it's got to be instantaneous. Well, it's connected to instantaneous gratification, but it's also... I was thinking at first about how our work lives are structured. If you're not doing something you're not being profitable to foster that ability to be patient with the tasks that you do. I think it's easy to get frustrated with your hobbies because you're not always actively doing them. And I don't, I think that there is a time for every purpose, right? And a time for every So mm-hmm. when you get to your hobby, it shouldn't be the frustration of, oh, I should have gotten to this months ago. It should 
be the exaltation of this is the time to do it. This is the day. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this for three months and now it's time to, to finally do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's, I mean, that was with anything though. Yeah. Like, I think that's like, it can be a house project that's been weighing on your mind and like, yeah, it's been annoying that it's not been getting done, but you haven't gotten it done. And then by the time you do it, you're like, why didn't I do this sooner? Well, you didn't. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And, uh, I forget what number the, the Psalm is, but the, the, the line from the, the Psalm, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I've always taken it as kind of more like make every second count and it's connecting that the Lord has given you the ability mm-hmm. to do what you're doing in this moment. Yeah. This is and the that, day. So like the you can't is like... bemoan that you didn't do it on another day because this is the day. Stanley, see this? This is this. This ain't something else. This is this. It, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and it's not... I think sometimes that's taken that if you're not like slave driving yourself, like cracking the whip over your, your own self, that you're, you're doing it wrong. But like, no, there, there's that time, just like you're saying that rejoice that you can do this now. Rejoice that mm-hmm. you can relax with your family and have dinner now. Yeah. Like don't bemoan it as like, oh, I'm not getting stuff done. Yeah, or don't bemoan it that, oh, I don't get enough of this time. Yeah. Because you're, you're having that time now. God has granted that time to you now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you're like you're saying, like I've been able to do this past week, week and a half. No, I would say week. A lot more crocheting. Mm-hmm. And it's going really well. And I'm like, oh, I love doing this. And I'm like, why, why did I stop doing this? And why have I been, you know, producing so little? But I'm like... I've been sick and I've been having other priorities. So yeah, it's kind of sad that I I wasn't crocheting as much, but it wasn't the time for it. Yeah. So now I just need to relax and say, don't, don't regret that you didn't have this fun in the past. You're having it now. Yeah. So that's exactly what you're saying. It wasn't later. Yeah, exactly. Like this yeah. is this is yeah, what you get now. People so oftentimes regret not starting jujitsu earlier in life, mm. right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people find it when they're in their mid to late thirties, and they're like, "Well, I could have done so much better when I was, you know, a late teen, early twenty-year-old." Mm-hmm. But why you can't bemoan that because you were a different person? That's that, what I was going like, to say. It you wouldn't like, be the regret possible. doesn't work because you're you're not the same person. You you yeah. clearly wouldn't have. Yeah. When you were 20, because you're doing it when you're 30. Yeah. You know, so, like, but it's these mind tricks that we, that we like to play with. It's with the our... woulda, shoulda, coulda. And yes. it just, the world doesn't work that way. But it's the whole idea of hindsight's 2020. It's, it's mm. just not because, mm-hmm. because that's, that's looking back, knowing what we know now. But if, if at that present time, somebody said, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You could have pointed to a whole bunch of things and said, well, there's a whole bunch of reasons that that could potentially not happen. Yeah. It's, you can't go back in time mm-hmm. and say like, this is obvious, obviously we should have done that. Yeah. There's no such thing as obviously we should have no, done that. No, and I mean, when you, when you break it down and this, this is, if you break things down far enough... Uh, this is the the epitome of all our problems. Listen closely, children. Listen, children, to a story that was written long ago. Yeah. This is this is what the answer to all your problems in life. Uh, no, but it's it's especially when we're dealing with time and regret and like oh if I knew what I know now is is we all want to be be God we want to be omnipresent we want to know Bingo. things before it happens we want to know what will come you know and so we play those regrets regrets I've had a few but then again too few to mention it's because we're upset that we're not God Really, like because that's yeah. a reminder of our manhood, of our earthliness, finite. our finite creatureliness. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's those constant reminders that that sent us down this this rim of despair. That doesn't mean that you don't take responsibility for your reactions. Mm-hmm. And you could say that 
No, I mean, now, I mean like, now yeah, you learn stuff. Yeah, and be but ha- be be happy for the changes in your life. Yeah, and and that if you're able to see growth, positive growth in your in your life, be happy for it, and it, it had to work in the timing that it did, as frustrating as it is. Uh, and that's where being patient and waiting for the Lord um, comes in, and that's that's hard work. It is hard work. So tell us about the hard patient yes, work you did. The hard patient work that I did. Oh, so I was. Uh, so the first thing that was kind of the hiccup that I, you know, you make the decision that you want to do this, right? But then you're like, okay, how do I actually do this? Yeah, isn't that so? When you try to act your will on the world, right? You get this idea, mm-hmm. and your the it starts with an idea. I always yep. think it's very interesting that the idea starts it all. Mm-hmm. I. The idea that I'm going to make my own kombucha is what starts to snowball this whole gathering of materials and knowledge and putting it together and experimentation. Yep. And halfway through it, you're like, what have I done? Yeah. Because you're like, oh no, I'm too far in, but I don't know what the outcome's going to be. So, But that's very interesting because ideas have consequences. Yes. So you got to be careful about what you think about. Oh dear, it's a dangerous brew. It is a dangerous brew. <laughs> because it could be as benign as trying to, to make your own kombucha. But if you have an idea and you carry it too far without checking yourself, you yeah. could, you know, end yeah. up having rabbits in your basement. <laughs> hey now, <laughs> you're entirely true. <laughs> we, we were about a month into having rabbits and I was like, what have I done? <laughs> What have I done? Oh, but they're precious. I'm very, very thankful to have these, these, uh, sweet little monsters, monsters that, yeah, they're not always the sweetest, but, uh, they're very fun. They, they keep me on my toes and it's nice to have something that requires, like, it's a kind of like kombucha. They're kind of like, they take more attention than kombucha, obviously. Yeah. But they're still pretty content because they they keep each other busy, and they're they're still pretty contained. But you know, bonding with them with brushing their fur and feeding them, I just started giving them a while ago parsley and cilantro. But I just had some leftover le- iceberg lettuce. They love it so much, and it's so cute to watch them eat. Yeah, Agatha's, look- Agatha's the- looking at me like, "Why are you talking about me, mom?" So, it, it, but it's so fun to watch them eat, but I feel bad because they have such fluffy fur on their chest. Mm-hmm. It's called a bib. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the, the lettuce like drags up their fur and as they're sucking it in and chomping on it, they start chewing on their fur and they're like, <laughs> like wagging their heads back, trying to get the hair out of their mouth. <laughs> so, so I have to help them out a little bit. But Dorothy is definitely obsessed, and then and then uh, Agatha likes to nibble on the very leafy parts. That's her. That's her favorite. Yeah. What's funny with the rabbits is they do change their appearance over time because they, they they're get grown new ups coat. now and yeah. they're getting a new coat in. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my wife and I the other night came down here and we we couldn't tell which one was which, but we do know the personality of each one. So it's like okay, well we're just gonna try to pick up each of us. We'll pick, try to pick up one. And we will know by that. And right away, we knew which one was which because Dorothy does not like being picked up. Mm-mm. And Agatha just kind of just lays there. No, because Dorothy, she started doing this thing now. And I don't know if it's an adult bunny thing or what, but she does this grunting thing yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, it's very low, actually, for a little yeah. creature. It's, it's this low grunting thing. Uh, the thing is, is that she's not very, she's not aggressive. No. Like, once you have her, she'll try to, like, run away. A little bit, but, but not she's, really. she's not like clawing and trying to bite your head off. And like, no, she's not. And she's not freaked out. She's not freaked out. She's just kind of like, oh man, it didn't work this time. <laughs> you know, she she's kind of like, um, I would say Dorothy and Agatha are like Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. Chief Brain, what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. The Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. Because Dorothy's totally trying to take over the world. Like, she's just... 
wants to escape and be, you know, go everywhere and cause all sorts of mayhem. Whereas Agatha doesn't really care. Like, she'll throw her little, you know, oh, I don't like this Mm -hmm. fits, but she doesn't, she's not vocal like Dorothy is. No. But Dorothy is the most friendly, actually, when I'm sitting on the floor. Or if I'm grooming Agatha, Dorothy will always hop up on me. And then she'll hop right on top of Agatha. So it's funny how she she acts all gruff and mean. Yeah. But once you actually, like, pick her up, she's she's fine. Yeah. Like, she likes me. Uh, so they're they're enjoying their their new diets. That I'm I'm happy I can give them fresh foods now, and uh, so they're they're living their best life. Uh, so yeah, so basically kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it eventually, folks. <laughs> yeah. So first, there's the research. Like, what do you need to get? And then I was looking for glass jars. And then there there's this very helpful company called the Kombucha Shop. You know, aptly named. They mm-hmm. have everything that you're gonna need. Uh, and then I was, but the big thing that I was trying to decide was if I was going to try to grow my own SCOBY, mm-hmm. which is a disc of culture of, of bacteria yeah. that it, inoculates the next batch. It looks a little bit like a, a, a circle cut out of a bunch of napkins. Yeah. Like and, wet naps. Yeah. And yeah. it's really weird because there's no napkins involved. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's just fungus. It's just, Yeah. Bacteria. Yeah. Yeah, it's just is really incredible. It's just the, the culture of it. But you can grow your own. Mm-hmm. And so I was just about to do that because I thought buying a dried out SCOBY was ridiculously expensive. It is ridiculously expensive. And they say that the dried out ones are not even as good. And mm-hmm. then the wet packed ones are even more expensive. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, we're, we're talking like... 14 bucks. 14 bucks here. Well, shipping 20, you yeah, know. Yeah. We're talking 20 bucks, which in the scheme of life, I shouldn't be that protective of. But I'm like, if I can grow it myself, yeah. why not? But this is where being a weirdo and talking about your weirdness comes into play and is actually very beneficial. And so yeah. I would say to anybody who is weird and has weird ideas. Here's to us ducks, because we don't give a quack. Talk about them to a variety of people because yes. you never know. You never know what's going to happen. So I was talking about this, my kombucha that, my kombucha this, mm-hmm. and it actually turned out that uh, your wife's sister yep. makes kombucha. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? They're lurking everywhere. Yeah, these kombucha <laughs> brewers, brewers, witches. Yeah, we're like we needed like a witch's hat. I was like, oh, I can, you know, like, maybe I can buy one from her. And she's like, oh, no, you can have one. I have, I have more. Because as you brew more, like, you'll start getting new ones. Mm-hmm. Or they get really big and you can split them and that whole thing. So you, you will eventually, if you've been brewing for a while, you will have leftover scobies. And so she gave me a vat and she gave me a scoby, which was fantastic. Like... It made it so easy. And that's yeah. where, too, like, if you're trying to get into this, I would try finding a Facebook group or just talking just talking to people. Like, if you are on Facebook, you can just put it out there. Say, does anybody brew kombucha? Yeah. Because uh, there's a lot of places, like, I'm sure, like, if there's a restaurant that has their own kombucha, they might give you a starter. Yeah. Or you can do your own. Like, you can make your own. What you would do is you would get unflavored kombucha from the store, Mm -hmm. and then you would make your tea, Mm -hmm. and then you would pour that in and wait for a scoby to So I wonder how, who got the first scoby? Was it kind of like Prometheus handing down the sun rays so that the man could start fire? You know, (laughs) some other god can't reach down and handed the scoby. That's exactly right. Okay. Yes. No, it's like any fermented food. You know, the right conditions, they just let it sit around and rot, and then yeah. they tried it, and they're like, you know, oh, prob- this isn't that you bad. You know, like, you, you could say, like, oh, maybe they made, a you know, a bunch of sweet tea, mm-hmm. put it in a jug, and forgot about it, and then came back, and you're like, oh, there's this weird disc thing on top of it, and it I'm tastes- thirsty anyway. <laughs> it tastes sour. <laughs> but the thing is, is that fermentation has been around for a very long time. Yes. So they might have tried to do it on purpose because yep. when you add sugar and you add heat and, you know, caffeine, like... You know it's going to ferment. Yeah. And it's the same idea as, like, catching wild yeast. Mm-hmm. Right, Come like, here. Come here. It's so tiny. I got him. I got the little yeast. 
So, I mean, like, it's like, how did, you know, for, did people just have un, you know, bread that was flat or, you know, like. Well, that's the thing. Bread will naturally, if you make bread where you mix flour and water Mm -hmm. and you let it sit around, wild yeast will eventually catch on to it. That's how you get it. Like, I was watching uh, this show about uh, medieval farming and. She because they were starting from scratch, doing this recreation. She just mixed flour and water and and honey. I think it was yep, a little sweetener to to entice. The because yeast. like sugar feeds the yeast, feeds yep. the bacteria, and uh, left it out in the wheat field because that's where there's more of the wild yeast. Okay, and you which know, makes sense. Back- it's gonna be trying to eat the. The wheat before it even gets ground up and mixed with water. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So it's the the same idea. Like it's kombucha is a fermented drink, fermented food. So you uh, list list of fermented things: sauerkraut, kimchi, beer, wine. Uh, what's the bean paste? Uh, miso. Yeah. Kefir is a fermented yogurt. I think, or is yogurt fermented? Yogurt is cultured. But it's cultured. They, it's, so it's more closer to cheese. But I know there's like kefir, which is like a fermented dairy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What am I missing? I feel like I'm missing something else. But there's a lot. Bread, sourdough. Sourdough is a fermented. Yeah. Well, all bread, ha- all yeast bread. Yeah. All, le- yeah. All yeast leavener. bread. Yeah. Has... Yeah, so that's all. It's all been fermented. I think sourdough just implies that it's been fermented longer. Exactly. Uh, So So that's more of the funk. Yes, and that's the thing too. Like I, I think that's the hard thing with getting people into fermentation. Yes, is you actually have to enjoy eating or drinking it, and there is going to be a fermented flavor. I can't really explain besides funk. Yeah. It's, Which is not necessarily an endearing term. No, I feel funky. I feel so funky. <laughs> if, if, if you say, like, somebody smells funky, they don't smell good. No, and that's that's the thing. But there's a, there's a tang to it. It's got some zang to it. <laughs> <laughs> that's got some zang to it. <laughs> that's just what it needed. <laughs> it's, so it's, I, I would say... That with kombucha, before you start brewing, you have to love it. Because a lot of people get into kombucha because, uh, like, health benefits. Yeah. And if you don't already love drinking it, I don't think you're going to be motivated to stay up on top of making it. Making it. I will say the batch that you have made just here is, I think, by far my most favorite tasting kombucha. Really? Yeah. I don't know what it has been about the other ones. It's yeah. not the proper balance of sweet to funk. So do you think that the other ones are too funky? No. You like that? I don't Explain find that... Explain yourself, sir. I don't find that the other ones are funkier. I just find that they're not balanced. Mm. It's just one noted. Oh. Like there's no wash of sweetness? Yeah. Because I was worried... I made a so. Let's let's rewind. Okay. Or not? Shall I move forward? I don't know where I am. We can in the move story. forward by going backwards. Okay, I like that idea. Yes, because now so you have your. Scoby. I have my scoby. You purloined it. So I have I have my scoby and it's hanging out and uh, very nicely to to me she gave it in a jar with she she gave me actually a whole vat or a whole. Brew. Brew, thank you. Gave me a whole brew, and then this, the scoby was in it. And I I knew that you were supposed to leave the 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 brew. I can't, I can't, apparently I can't remember the word brew. You're supposed to leave the brew uncovered, uh, but with a cloth over top of it so that fluff and gunk and dirt doesn't get in it. I knew this. I was all prepared for this. And yet, uh, when she gave it to me, it had a lid on it. And I'm like, well... That's how it must have to be. <laughs> and I, to this day, do not know why I thought that. I just like, well, this is how I received it. This is how it's going to stay. 
that's so weird that as soon as somebody just gives you something, you're like, well, this is how it's going to be. Yeah. And you and you use it wrong. Or like, you see, I don't know. Like, we're, I, I don't know where my brain was at, but I just thought this is a convenient lid. Yep. And I'm going to leave the lid on here because it came with a lid. And that's, that's. Nobody told me, make sure you take that lid off. Yep. That wasn't in the instructions. I don't want to undo their hard work of putting the lid on. It was, it was sheer folly, honestly. It was, it was silliness on my part because I, I knew better. So a couple weeks go by. She warned me that it's a itty bitty baby Scooby, which I named Scooby. And she said it's going to take longer. I'm like, great. That's, that's totally fine. I'm, I'm too worried and anxious about this anyways. <laughs> the longer it takes, the better. I don't know what I'm doing. And then, you know, I checked it after, I don't know, a week and a half or something like that. <laughs> and literally nothing had happened. It tastes like sweet tea. It tastes just like sweet tea. Now, to be, like, the good thing is that no mold, nothing bad happened. It yeah. just had just stayed exactly how it was. Yeah. And so then I'm like, well... Megan, you were you were pretty silly. Let's let's not have that lid on <laughs> there anymore. So I took the lid off, put the cloth and the rubber band that I had on it. <laughs> see, see, this is the see, thing. See, I uh, I didn't realize this part of the story. You've been sheepish about this. I have been. No, and that's the thing. Like when you're trying something new, you will be doing things that make no sense. That's how you learn humility. That's how you learn, where you, like, just make dumb decisions to keep the lid on when you know not to leave the lid on. (laughs) So, don't feel bad if you make any very silly, weird mistakes when trying something new. They happen. It's just working the kinks out. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. Left it for, for a while again. Tasted it again. And it was a little bit like a little bit better and so we left it and we left it and left it kind of forgot about it so like it's been solid month by by this point that and then we tasted again and again like barely barely perceptible changes mm-hmm. on on it that is it still mostly tastes like very sweet tea yeah and but but still no mold. I keep checking for mold because mm-hmm. I'm paranoid about that because it's it's controlled rot and yep. mold is is not healthy. Whereas kombucha can be. And we'll we'll talk about the health stuff later. Uh, so so we're doing that, and then so finally I just I, I just I go to Doctor Google. I'm like what is wrong with my kombucha here? Like please. And that's the thing too. Like kombucha is very easy to start because it's it's not super expensive. Because I bought fancy jars that say kombucha on it. But you don't have to. Do you that. don't have to. You could just find any old big jar, like ones that hold a gallon or so. Or you buy the big pickle jars. You could yeah, use that. You could use the big pickle jars. I you do want it like wider at the like the more wide it is at the top, the more air circulation and the faster it's supposed to ferment so you don't Mm. want it like super tight okay which i think was part of the problem is that the jar i had was a a smaller mouth okay Uh, so that could have that could contribute to it as well but i am like why is it why is it not fermenting why is it not working like is is my scoby dead is this like is there a a time limit on this that if it doesn't happen within a couple weeks it's not gonna happen it doesn't hatch by november yes exactly i'm just sitting on this egg like horton I meant what I said, and I said what I meant. An elephant faithful, 100 percent. An elephant faithful. (laughs) (laughs) I love that story so much. I just want to know how you got up in the tree. I know, he's so ginger. I love the cartoon of it. Oh, it's so good. So I'm waiting, waiting, and then I, I, so, oh, that's what I was doing. I was researching. That's what I was doing. Uh, researching, and they said, well, you want your, your brew. Oh my goodness, I can't remember the word brew. The brew. My brew, my brew, my brew. I have my brew. And they said, you know, ran through all these things. I'm like, nope, it wasn't that, it wasn't this. Or I, I had already fixed that, fixed yeah. that. And then finally said, well, kombucha likes to be, like, likes to ferment at around 80 degrees. 
You know, anywhere's, oh. anywhere's between 75 and I think 85, maybe 90. Yeah. Is is peak for the best fermentation. And you're and like, I, Slap, I, it's Michigan in winter. Exactly. So I got my instant read thermometer out and I, you know, stirred it up, stuck it in the middle there, and it was 65. Yeah. And I'm like, well. We're 20 degrees below was optimal. This ain't working so well. And so then I got a heating pad and worked really hard to keep it. A, you know, at a higher temperature, and then finally, it did take quite a while. And I think that is again because of the the strength of the scoby isn't yeah quite there. So eventually, I got it to where I like it, and then yeah. you have your first fermentation. And so the 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 process of kombucha is what you get in the store is a double fermentation. You do not need to have a double ferment, mm-hmm. but when you add in your flavorings and bottle it, that's when you get your double ferment and that's when you get the bubbles tiny bubbles make me happy make me feel fine yep this is just the same way that beer is made really mm-hmm. it, it it ferments in the can or in the bottle and that's what gives you the carbonation. Exactly. It was finally go time. Mm-hmm. Also, I got to buy teas for it. So that was very fun. So I got to make my own brew, which was really fun. And then I made my flavoring. And I was lazy. We had some leftover blueberry sauce that I had made for a Christmas dinner. Yeah. And so I just added more blueberries to that. And I put a hunk of ginger in it and juniper in it. And maybe that's what you like about it. I like the flavor a lot. Okay. I'll, I'll have to remember this one. So I put juniper, a little bit of sugar, water, and I, I cooked that down. So uh, what I've had with other kombuchas is it's it says it's like going to be peach mm. kombucha. And it, do, it doesn't taste anything like there's peach. like There's no, there's nothing. Yeah. I've had some brands like that. To name names, I feel like Kavita okay. does a pretty bad job at having their like their, all their flavors taste the same okay uh there's yeah there's i think that's all the some... expensive stuff too <sighs> summer is yeah synergy or gt i think is g, GT i mean the, the flavoring's the expensive oh, the, part of the oh brew. yeah yeah it is it is because right, tea that's not tea no, and sugar is not, not very, very expensive. expensive no 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 and uh that's yeah that's interesting not all of them are super expensive but there's some like with passion fruit and mango mm. that's more expensive well yeah but those uh, fruits are more expensive yeah but I, I, there definitely you need a robust flavor i think to stand up to kombucha and you have to have the right balance which i totally just won it where i made the sauce or made, made my flavoring and i'm like well this will just have to do yeah but it, i think it actually i think it was about two cups if I think back on it, I think I had two cups of flavoring. To a gallon. Two, two cups less than a gallon. Yeah, you want to take two cups from your old one to start the next one. Okay, so it starts going faster. Yeah, so it's actually your starter liquid that is that. There's there's opposing theories. Okay. There's people who are all scoby, and there's people who are all starter liquid. Oh, okay. Where they're like, oh, it's actually like, it's the starter liquid that's doing everything. And people are like, no, you actually have to have, like, it doesn't matter about the starter liquid. You have to have the, the SCOBY. But the consensus is, is ideal you have both. Okay. And so you want to have two cups of starter liquid. And then, so whatever was left out of that and my yeah. two cups of flavoring, that got me six, 16 ounce bottles. Okay. So I thought that was actually really a good yield. I'm hoping, yeah, I'm going to have to ramp up production, though. Yeah, because I'd have another one. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And I, I, I think maybe for my taste, because I've been drinking kombucha for a long time, it's like it's a like tiny touch too sweet. Okay. And when I first cracked open a bottle, it was too sweet. Now that's been sitting in the fridge for a while. It's less I, sweet. I find it's less sweet, but I think for me... When you bottle it and you cap it, you don't put it in the fridge right away. You leave it out again. Okay. To ferment. To ferment. And so I gave it about 
I think I gave it five five days. I think I would have gone seven. Okay. Also, because it could it could handle a tiny bit more carbonation. I've never really looked to kombucha to have tons of carbonation. Right. Uh, but it, it could. Like, I I don't think it would be too much carbonation to have a little bit more. Is my is my point? I think. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> I that's my, my point. So I I'm excited to try more flavorings, but and I I don't really know how much sugar. And that's that's the thing that's a little bit. Like, there's lots of recipes for kombucha, but it was a little bit frustrating. It says, go with what you like. Yeah. You know, and like, you, you, since you've not... I don't know enough. Yeah, since you've never made it, you don't know. But that's... You just have to keep track of it. I'll probably start a notebook of what, I, what I'm doing, how much flavoring I put in. Apparently, I, the, the blueberry is a keeper. Yeah. And that's and I'm also going to be using, like, frozen fruit and buy what's on, on sale. Yeah. Hopefully, when your garden's up and running, you'll give me stuff. I'm excited for your fruit trees. Me too. I also want to do herbal ones. I don't know if you've had any of the ones that are mostly like mint or... Maybe one. Yeah. But I would like that if it was well-balanced. Yeah. You're all about balance, you weirdo. You are all weirdos. Okay, no. Okay. I'm not saying that everything has to be muted balance. Yeah. No, no, no. But... I want things... This is just like cooking. Yeah. You need to have balanced flavors. You can't just be knocked out with too much sage. Yeah. Not, yeah, sage. <laughs> yeah, sage. What about sage? It's way too strong a uh, uh, herb. <laughs> it's one of those It's one of those things where it's, if a deaf hand is, is dealing the sage... Deft. Deft. <laughs> deaf hand. I can't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, though. I'm being disruptive. <laughs> no, if you have a deft hand with it, it's delicious. Uh, the same thing as cardamom. Yeah. A little bit of cardamom, to me, yeah. is utterly delightful and rather Moorish. Okay. But too much... <laughs> is rather lessish. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> well, then it's just like you, you swallowed a perfume bottle. Yeah. You know, lavender is another one. I really enjoy the taste of lavender. But, yeah, if, if it's not handled in the right way... It, if it's not balanced. If it's not balanced, <laughs> it's rather disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is that is the challenge. But I, I think having those will be really fun as well because uh, obviously the, the ones with fruit in it are going to have the most sugars in it. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is... It's sugar, but it's not... I'm not going to, like, discount that it's it's sugar... If that's a concern of yours, it's obviously there. But because it's fermented, there's less of it. Like, if you're putting a cup of... You put a cup of sugar into a gallon of tea. Yeah. You're like, oh, wow, that's a lot. Well, by the time it's kombucha, it's not a cup of sugar anymore. That's right. You know, and you add your half cup of sugar to your flavoring or whatever. By the time you're, you're drinking it, it's not the same amount. Like, there still is sugar in it. Yeah. But it's not the same amount. It's it's much better than drinking a cup of juice. Or soda. Or definitely soda. But juice from... Juice that doesn't have sugar added, I thought, wasn't as big a deal in terms of health-wise as... It, it's not. The only thing that I've heard which makes sense to me is that because you're not getting it... You're not getting the fruit with the fiber. Yeah. How your body digests it is different because when you eat an orange, you are getting all that fiber, which is going to slow down your... Absorption. Absorption of sugar. Yeah. Whereas if you're drinking a glass of orange juice, which to get an eight ounce glass of orange juice, that's like four oranges or yeah. more. Yeah. So you're drinking all like sugar from four oranges all at once with none of the fiber. Because if you think or of, very little of the fiber. Yeah, I mean, if, especially if you have pulp, you have a little bit more. But most mm-hmm. people don't drink it with pulp. I love the pulp. <laughs> I like to chew my glass of orange. Nom, nom. <laughs> exactly. Like the like the strings in your teeth. Yes. <laughs> a little snack for later. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, like nobody would say, "Oh, I'm going to have a, a snack and have four, you know, whole oranges." Don't answer. <laughs> Work with my point. 
Say, no, Megan, nobody ever does that. Nobody would ever do that. <laughs> no, but, like, most people... Nobody would eat a bunch of bananas in one sitting. Oof. That's a lot of potassium. Nobody I know would do that. No. Like, a whole bunch? Like, that's, like, eight bananas. Yeah. You ate eight bananas? No, you For ate... For lunch. I didn't have any lunch, and they were going bad, and... Just you sit. had eight rotting bananas for lunch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I worry about you sometimes. Hey, you know what? They weren't bad. <laughs> Completely. What? <laughs> okay. They were you, just slightly fermented. You know what I miss? What do you miss? Is that in Brazil you could get these bananas that had a very bready mm. taste and feel to them. They were less sweet. Less sweet and more hearty. Yeah. I don't know how else to decide them than that they they tasted bready. Yeah. And I love Well, I mean, already those. the bananas are very starchy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the bananas we get are very sweet. Mm-hmm. And these were not so much so. Okay. And I love those. Interesting. I could have eaten two bunches of those. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in your lunchbox. <laughs> Wow. Well, I was asked, you know, my my coworkers asked me, like, you're going to eat all those bananas? And I was like, going to find out. You didn't have any peanut butter on them or any? That would have been smart. No, I didn't have any <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> peanut butter would have been nice. A little really... gooey. Yeah, it would be a very, like, the same texture. But the taste yeah. is good. I do, yeah. like, peanut butter and banana on toast. Because you have a little bit of, of, of crunch. Hey, are these uh, kombuchas alcoholic? Yes, actually. And okay. I don't know how much alcohol. That was I was I was reading about uh, kombucha on Forbes. So I don't okay. know who Forbes is, but it's a it's a newspaper like thing. Forbes is very much towards economics centered. Yeah. So they were talking all about how it originates in northern China two hundred twenty BC and then this Korean doctor named kombucha or Something close to something, kombucha. Something close to kombucha where he brought it to Japan and then they called it kombucha there. Uh, mm. You know, and basically from there. But then how, of course, like with the hippies in America, it, it started gaining popularity. And people were making all these wild health claims saying that it, it cured cancer and stuff like that. And people are like, oh, whatever. And, and they're just drinking it as a health medicine, you know, health drink. Mm-hmm. But then it starts getting sold in, in stores and people are like, it's getting more popularity. But then at Whole Foods, so this is, like I think in the 90s, where, you know, like a health inspector's coming in and he, and he sees the bottles are, are leaking, you know, because that can happen because like the fermentation, right? It starts like bubbling out of the lid, right? Mm. If it's not sealed properly. And so he was noticing that and he's like, what's that? And he's like, oh, well, it's, you know, kombucha is doing this. And he's like, well, I know ferment." there's going to be a level of alcohol. Yeah. What do you have there? So it's completely unregulated. Yeah. And so there, there's, I think they've seen like there's as high as 2.5. Ooh, good stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's, if you're under 0.5, you don't have to have a label. Okay. But uh, most kombucha is over 0.5% alcohol. Oh, Okay. So there, there is a slight, some people say they really feel it. Uh, some people say I, I've not noticed anything remotely alcoholic about it. Yeah. How much would you have to drink to get drunk? Yeah. Like so, so much, but it was more like a warning for like pregnancy, a warning for children, you know, so they had to make all these rules about Mm -hmm. having these labels, which is fine. I'm all, I'm all for the labels. Uh, but it's it's interesting now that I'm brewing it at home. I have no idea. How, how much alcohol? Maybe no. you could really luck out get some 5%. <laughs> well, I mean, they do say, like, the longer you're brewing it, right, the stronger it tastes, mm-hmm. less sugary it tastes, the more alcohol there's going to be. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, so it's just kind of if you like it really strong, you can kind of assume that there's going to be slightly more alcohol. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not going to hit the, the levels of even a, a light beer. Right. I don't know what what a light beer would be at, but four percent. It would be unlikely that you would get four percent. Okay. So that that was funny to me though, reading that like all the drama <laughs> around and people were like, oh, we don't we don't want to put labels on and you know this and that, and then people making wild health cl- you know you know claims that this cures cancer and this and that. There's there's no 
proof for any of that, and that's not why I drink it. I drink it because I thoroughly enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I, I drink it because I do find that when you have something fermented, when you eat or drink something fermented, it helps with your digestion. Gut and health. Gut health. Your microbiome. It's the new mm-hmm. buzzword. Does it have prebiotics? Because I've learned that probiotics, <laughs> yes. while they do play in the majors, aren't necessarily what runs society. <laughs> There, there's, I think they have both is, is the idea. And that's mm-hmm. where when you're getting probiotics from food, they're not isolated. So you're going to get the prebiotics, which makes the probiotics more effective. Right. Especially with the, the food like, the, like kimchi or sauerkraut because cruciferous vegetables already have the prebiotics yeah. In them, and then you're fermenting it, so you're doubling up on the probiotics and the, the prebiotics. Yeah. It, all that is to say is it's really fancy talk for saying it has to somehow get through your stomach acid. Yeah, and that's where the pills, like, there, some of them do, some of them don't. It's, it's more hit or miss because your stomach acid is that strong. Yeah. But for some reason, when you're drinking something or um, eating something, I guess it, as your well, body accepts it. No, but, like, think about how hard it is to break down um, vegetables. Mm-hmm. Little bits get through. Basically, your oh. your stomach your str- stomach breaks up a lot of it yeah. and destroys a lot of it. But because yeah. the probiotics have a place to hide, yeah. it gets into your it's small like intestine. Well, how does it work with liquids, then? It's, it's the same thing. It's just we're talking on a, a microscopic scale. That's true. It's so teeny tiny. Mm-hmm. And liquids tend to move through your stomach faster. Yeah, that makes sense. That is that is my journey. Uh, it, it's taken quite a while, actually. Like it took me, I think, and you three were months. you were pretty frustrated at one point. I was because it wasn't fermenting. Like yeah. I was like, what am I doing wrong? I get the most frustrated when I don't know what to do differently. Right. So it's when I know I'm doing something wrong, or I know something's not going right. Even like, and not to make it so personal on myself. Yeah. I, I knew I wasn't per se doing something wrong, but I knew it wasn't working the way that it should. And I get the most frustrated when, when I don't know why and when I don't know how to fix it. Right. And that's, I'm doing, uh, that's like going to happen in yeah. life. It's a very, it feels really good when you figure it out. Yeah. It's, it's, but I mean, for me, it didn't because it was basically just wait longer. <laughs> and take the cap off. Well, that wasn't even the biggest setback. I think it was the heat. Okay. I think if I had had heat on it originally, it it would have worked. If it had been the summer, you would never have known. Yeah, although with air conditioning, I'm concerned. I don't know. We're going to have to find it like a... But the thing is, what's difficult is that you don't want it to be in sunlight, direct sunlight. Right. Because the UV rays will start killing the bacteria. Yeah, that's why you put it in the garage. Ah! That's really smart. Thank you. That is really smart. It will sm- be dark no. and it will be very warm. I That's really good suggestion, actually. Mm-hmm. Right now you I could... have it in a cardboard box with a heating pad around it. Yeah. Just all kind of snuggly. It is all snuggly. And it's by a, a heat vent as well. <laughs> yeah. So it's like doubling up and trying to trying to make it nice and toasty. Because I, I took his temperature today and it was... It was, like, low, like, 72-ish or something oh. like that. Yeah, you um, definitely want it. So it's not bad. It's, it's 70 is not awful, but if it's... You really, like... I think 80 is the sweet spot where things really start happening. Really clicking. So, no, I'm super excited. Also, because this is just going to save a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Because the pots I bought, I think I got two jars for, like, 20 bucks, and it comes with... A screw-on lid, but also comes with the muslin cloth and the, yeah. you know, and you can write on the side of it. And so that, and then the teas, I think, spent 10 bucks on some bulk, bulk tea. tea. But, like, super... I didn't need to buy as much as I did, but I was there, so I yeah. may as well. Uh, and then it's just water, and then it's just sugar. And I used organic cane sugar just because I'm fancy like that. Yeah, I wanted to. to. You don't have to. You could just use any white sugar. And uh, then then the blueberry sauce we had left over, and then I added a couple more blueberries to it. Yeah. It, it, so I've heard somebody say that you can spend 20, like if you drink kombucha every day, you can spend upwards of $25 a week. Mm-hmm. And if you make it yourself, it's like 50 cents a bottle. Yeah. 
And that's the thing, too. I was all freaked out about bottling it. I'm like, where do I get these bottles? Do I get, like, the, the fancy snap capler things with the white and they're all tiny and they're yeah. all cute and everything? I'm like, oh, I get those! And then be like, no, that doesn't actually work that well. Huh. Because, uh, like, the pressure, I don't know, it's... It's weird. They just don't like fun. They just didn't like fun. Okay. It's real. I think really is what their point was. But yeah. then they said you can just reuse this old bottle from this kombucha brand, Health Aid. It has a little anchor on the top. Mm. And they said these ones are particularly good for reuse because some, some have like the foil caps. Mm, yeah. And those aren't as good to reuse. But these ones have really sturdy caps. Caps. That you can reuse. So I'm like, I drink those. That's great. So we just saved all of all of the bottles. And that that's what I used, and it's it's free, and it's works really well. Yeah. So I was super happy to use recycle those bottles. That's fantastic. That was a really good idea. So I was I was glad that I got wind of that. I'm like, yeah, why can't you use it again? When you don't know something, you're like, oh, I have to buy this new, and then somebody says, well, you can just use this bottle. And you're like, of course. It's so yeah. weird when you're learning. Yeah. That sometimes you miss those obvious things. That's why they call it learning yeah yeah so i'm excited i am i'm really pumped to keep trying out different teas and i'm excited to make more flavors and i i think i i got a kombucha convert because you weren't you weren't super excited not super excited about it but i was i was looking forward to drinking some tonight oh so yeah that's so sweet so yeah. hopefully this inspires you to Either brew or ferment something, or maybe it just uh, inspires you to wait and to be enjoy patient the and enjoy the process. Travel through history with humility. We hope you have enjoyed the Ducks Never Waver lunch break. If you would like to fill your senses with more Ducks Never Waver goodness, you can feast your eyeballs on Instagram and Facebook. Touch some of our beautiful pieces that we will ship right to your door by ordering them through Etsy. Or you can continue hearing us on this magnificent culmination of auditory recordation. Donation buckets are in the description for you to invest in the betterment of this podcast. We will work diligently to read and present interesting topics. Your hard-earned money will be joyously and gratefully spent to improve your lunch break. Want to keep your hard-earned money? And who doesn't? You can still support us and yourself by rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing this here podcast with all the other ducks in your life. Stay quacky.